Yes, indeed it is. You better you bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley here with you on the BetQL Network where every game is Game 7. And hot damn, do we have a lot of games coming up tonight. We absolutely love it, including uh, like a, an, an actual... Game seven. Absolutely can't wait for it in the NLCS. You get no hot take BS on this show. We bring you lots of bets and we bring you lots of sports. We are coming to you live today from the Odyssey app, from the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by the studs at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and on radio stations nationwide, including Sirius Channel 217 and XM Channel 205. As Ken and I are here bringing you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com. And do so on this T3, this terrific football Tuesday. Three words that start with the letter T. October 24th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Our show is on Twitter. You better you bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram, at the Costos. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, on X, now and always. It's a crazy life he lives. At... Lockie Lockerson. And on this Terrific Football Tuesday, we're going to bring you two tremendous guests. Our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports, their lead NFL analyst. Pete Prisco will stop by talking all things National Football League, including what the Tennessee Titans have planned at quarterback this weekend as they get set to host the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get Pete's thoughts on Will Levis, Pete's thoughts on, on Malik Willis, and if the Titans can maybe win the game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, that and more coming up with the great Pete Prisco. And we will welcome back to the show our old friend, former NBA general manager, now analyst for our friends at NBA TV, the great Ryan McDonough joins us at 5 o'clock Eastern today. You know, talking the NBA because the season starts tonight. Plus, P-squared, B-squared coming your way for the six games we did not get to yesterday for Week 8 in the NFL. Our early analysis is coming up for the Vikings and the Packers in Green Bay, the Chiefs and the Broncos in Denver, the Ravens and the Cardinals in the desert, the Bengals and the Niners in the Bay Area, the Bears and the Chargers on Sunday Night Football from the City of Angels, and the Raiders and Lions on Monday Night Football from the Motor City. Absolutely can't wait for it. P-squared, B-squared for Week 8 from Nick and Ken coming up today on the show. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's day two of Lochmas. Santa's going to tell you today how to bet the Heisman Trophy in college football, where for the second consecutive week, we have a new favorite atop the betting market. How about this for today? In honor of the NBA returning to our lives, do you know what else returns to our lives today? An inanimate object. And we love it. The Bucket of Bets is back today. For two segments coming up in the third hour of today's show, myself, Ken Barkley, and our friend Tyler Morales, we will give you our NBA season predictions, and they will go in the Bucket of Bets. Who's going to win the Eastern Conference? What's the final going to be? What about the Western Conference? What's the final going to be? What about award predictions this year in the NBA? We will bring it all to you in the Bucket of Bets coming up in hour number three of today's show. And then there are some who are saying, that tonight's power hour will be the best power hour of all power hours. And who am I to disagree? What a power hour we've got coming your way today. At 6 o'clock Eastern, segment number one of the power hour, bets of steel for tonight's hashtag frozen frenzy. All 32 NHL teams playing tonight. 16 games, and we will handicap and give you bets for all of them coming up to start the Power Hour and the biggest bets of steel that there will ever be. Bets of steel for tonight's Frozen Frenzy. We will also give you 
6.20 p.m. Eastern time. Side total and props as the NBA season gets underway. Lakers and Nuggets from Denver. Suns and the Warriors from the Bay Area. Oh, my God, how great is this? And at the end of the show, Ken and I will tell you the games we've already bet and the games that we're targeting coming up for Week 8 in the National Football League. My God, how incredible is this? And did I mention we got a Game 7 tonight in Major League Baseball? We'll give you all our bets and analysis for the Diamondbacks and the Phils from Citizens Bank in Philadelphia. We absolutely can't wait for it. Locked and loaded, terrific football Tuesday. Ken Barkley, how's it going, my man? And happy NBA season to you and yours. Well, yeah, not just happy NBA season, just like the best month. Just the best month. There's just so much stuff going on right now. Did we did we mention every, every hockey team is playing and they chose the night that they wanted to do that to be the night that the NBA season starts? I would just like, uh, thanks. Like, thanks for all of this. Thanks for all of these games at the same time. That's going to be awesome. Uh, have a lot of bets for those games. I have uh, some, maybe I'll do, I have a college football thing I want to do, but maybe I'll do it with Lochmas. Maybe we'll do it later this hour. Uh, but why don't we start with the Rangers? I don't want, we don't want to bury the leader. You just went through 17 things that we're going to do on the show today. Uh, the 18th thing will be to victory lap and celebrate that the Rangers won the American League pennant, which happened last night. And, you know, I, I, you're a Yankees fan and I grew up a Red Sox fan. So like, I don't want to make that comparison necessarily to 2004, but like you went into a game thinking it was going to be nightmarishly anxious. And then like 30 minutes into the game, you're like, oh, no, oh, no, they're just going to win by a million. Like, it's actually not going to be a big deal. Not that there weren't moments of anxiety in the middle innings, but like we kind of showed up all expecting to how oh, this is going to be rough, like Scherzer and the Astros. And how are they ever going to lose? And it's like, oh, I tell you how they're going to lose uh, easily with like no resistance whatsoever, because no one could pitch for them in this game. And uh, especially not Framber Valdez, who started. So like it was. I think it was pretty good. They could think it went pretty well. And uh, congrats to the Rangers and congrats to you. Uh, I, I was along for the ride. I made plenty of money, but I only made plenty of money because you identified this team in like an hour of watching postseason baseball as the team that was going to win the pennant. So that was great. Congratulations if you're a fan of the Rangers or you bet on the Rangers or whatever. Uh, a very happy day for us on the show after a miserable football betting weekend. A big winner home in terms of the Rangers going to the World Series. Yeah, and, and join me, please. For, for one final time, as far as the American League playoffs are concerned, and then hopefully we'll have a lot of them coming up in the, the Fall Classic and the World Series, for one more, yee-haw, Texas Rangers, baby! How about Bruce Bochy and his massive dome and the Texas Rangers and Adolis Garcia and the, and the whole crew with Tecori Seeger and company, Max Scherzer and Valdi Jordan Montgomery. What a run for the Texas Rangers. And it is pretty funny, like, like, I like sometimes sports works like this, right? Where we never see series like this, where the road team literally wins every game in a seven-game series. The last time we saw this was in 2019. It was the Astros uh, Nationals World Series, where the Nationals won the first two games in Houston. Houston won three games in Washington, and then the Nationals won game six and seven on the road in Houston. And you know who started that game for the Nationals in game seven when they won the World Series? Max Scherzer, who started last night's game for the Texas Rangers, Game 7 on the road in Houston. So just like a, a little delicious bit of symmetry there as the Texas Rangers knock off the Houston Astros. And look, Ken saying, I'm a Yankees fan, he's a Red Sox fan. Though Astros have tormented my Yankees, it's not a rivalry, because in order for it to be a rivalry, like my team needs to win sometimes. Like Yankees-Red Sox used to not be a rivalry. And then the Red Sox beat us a couple oh, times. Yeah. Now it's a rivalry. Yeah. Like Yankees-Astros is not a rivalry. 
Yeah, it's yeah. the rivalry, right? Yan- Yankees-Astros has been a one-sided ass-kicking for a long time with the Astros doing the ass-kicking and the Yankees being the recipient of the ass-kicking. So as a Yankees fan, like, absolutely love whenever I get to see the Astros lose and doubly special when we're able to profit off of it in a big way. The Texas Rangers, if you followed our advice from the start of the postseason, 9-3 and three the Rangers are, right? The two-game sweep of Tampa in the, in the wild card round, then the sweep of the Baltimore Orioles in the divisional round, and then beating the Astros in seven in the American League Championship Series, where they will await the winner, obviously, of tonight's Game 7 of the NLCS between the Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. By the way, like, those are the two teams we identified in the National League also. Correct. So here's, here's what's great. There are lots of shows out there that spend lots of time during the summer talking baseball. All We're talking baseball on a random <laughs> Tuesday in July. Good for you. I was on the beach on my honeymoon while everyone was doing that. And guess what I did? I showed up, watched no baseball this regular season, and told you who was going to play in the World Series. Yee-haw! <laughs> the Texas Rangers, baby. Hell yeah. Oh man, the grab the Mike Yeehaw was definitely the uh, definitely a good exclamation point there. Yeah, that's the best part. We, I care who wins tonight, but like the oh, big I we did this forever. Care. <laughs> I we, but you care. care a lot. I don't. I would like the Phillies to win because I have all these World Series MVP bets like at a hundred to one or Trey Turner fifty to one. It's like, oh cool, I'm gonna have like you know, like not maybe not the big favorite in the World Series, but like the team I would like in the World Series. Rangers Phillies like a banger series too if that happens. Um, Arizona wins though. Like you were like, hey, I like Texas Arizona World Series matchup. Cool, I'll bet that too, and I'll bet some Rangers to win. And, and Jake, by the way, and like maybe maybe we won't include Jake in the opening segment like for a long time, but like a, a tip of the cap to Jake because it's he was with us on the Rangers and really really identified like you identified like the Rangers in totality like the texas rangers and he identified evan carter as like a very very long priced player that could win world series mvp like we're gonna be if it's rangers phillies i'm sitting here with like four of the best players on both teams at like insane prices to win this award hopefully it's not adolis garcia who's on pace for about 900 runs batted in, in in this postseason um maybe it can be someone else this series maybe somebody else can do something but man we are set up for it's really like tonight's honestly like how much money do we win like that's not is it like a is it like a good amount is it a great amount and for both of us i think that's different like who wins and what the amount is but like we're getting money tonight like we're getting paid the game cannot end in a tie i guess it could get rained out and we could get paid the next day but besides that like we're making money tonight which is great yeah we need to like keep bud sealing away from the stadium like no the game's not ending in a tie right? tonight. Yeah, we need we need a winner go away bud don't do it. Of, uh, yeah. Bud, bye, bud. bud. We'll, we'll see you. Give me, I'd rather have Coach Bud, Mike Boone. What's, what is Coach Bud? What's Coach Bud up to these days? I'd rather have Coach Bud at the game than yeah. Bud Sealy for Air sure bud? tonight. Uh, the dog? Yeah. yeah, like, a, like yeah. a cute golden retriever that could dunk a basketball. Yeah, yeah I'd much rather have Air Bud at the game. Right. I'd, much, I'd rather much drink better. some Buds. Yeah, uh, I'd rather do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm not yeah, really, so. I feel like if I, yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, that I can't really. I think you'd I'd rather, rather you'd rather, rather you'd rather hang out with Bud Selig than drink Budweiser. Well, hanging out with Bud Selig probably like ask him like lots of fun questions about like his tenure as baseball you commissioner. That might not be questions? a bad time. Yeah, I don't. You gotta be. This guy looks like the most boring human on earth. Like you want to ask Bud Selig good questions? Stories. Probably got good stories though, right? He got commissioner of baseball for like twenty years. 
I mean, is he like I, I, I go down to the retirement home, the local one here and ask people questions about their life experience, too. But nobody ever does it. Like, I'll yeah, yeah, because, yeah, 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 because, yeah, because yeah. that, that guy like worked and there's nothing wrong with what the workers like worked at the deli for 40 years. And God bless. I love right. the deli. So I'm going to go down and talk deli. to uh, like Paul Tagliabue down here at the old retirement home. <laughs> yeah, and, like, ask I mean, him like, what it's, he's it's, up it's, to. Right? it's not like if like Pete Rosell were still alive. Like, I'd love to have a conversation with Pete Rosell. You know what? I don't want to do like talks like my buddy's grandfather who like delivered newspapers. I'm good. Nothing wrong with that. Just saying difference between commissioner of major sport and like regular person job. All good. Sure. Um, Okay. Yeah, so yeah, big old big old yeehaw last night. Um distracting from the fact that I had a brutal Monday night football game with, with the losses across the board. That was some uh, kind of game. I, yeah. That was something. I got yeah. I got to tell you like okay, like I had the Niners and I lost and like honestly like good on the Vikings. I was so impressed with Minnesota last night. It was one of those where okay, like I lose and like normally I'm like yeah, I'd like I never get like mad when I lose. I guess that's not true. I do get mad sometimes. But most of the time, it's like, okay, like I'm a little annoyed. Like I want to win. I want to be right. Who doesn't? But uh, this was one of those where I'm wrong and I'm and I'm very not in awe of what the other team's able to do, but I was so impressed. It was just like, good on you guys, man. Cousins played yeah. awesome. The defense was really good. And I think Shout out to Whale, was kind of, yeah, great job by Whale. Like, but the Vikings, yeah. like, uh, 100% right. Um, the thing that I kept, like, saying to myself was maybe I kind of, and maybe, like, collectively a lot of us, not just, like, you and me, I feel like maybe a lot of people, maybe O'Connell's, like, an awesome coach. And last year, like, all, like, the one-score wins, it was like, oh, well, this team's getting lucky. And then they lose all the one-score games to begin the year. And it's like, well, you know, it's kind of like the universe is, like, Thanos, like, snapping his fingers looking for order in the universe, right? So now the Vikings are losing all these games. Maybe this guy's, guy's just, like, a really good coach. And uh, he, Cousins was awesome last night. And now the Vikings are three and four. And we were texting about this a little bit right before the show where, like, one of these teams is going to be the seven seed in the NFC. If you assume that, like, Dallas or Philly, whoever doesn't win the NFC East, and then likely Seattle will be one of the wild card teams also if the Niners win the West. One of these, like, hashtag bad teams is going to be the seven seed in the NFC playoffs. It's like Minnesota, like the Rams, like the Commanders, Packers, Giants, like maybe your team in the NFC South that you think is coming in second, it's going to be like a very interesting like rest of the season here in the NFC at the bottom of the playoff picture. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, the Vikings, it's, it's worth noting, you mentioned like the one-score voodoo. Uh, the Vikings win by five, which means every single game that they played the entire season has still landed within one possession, except for... Uh, well, I guess they had one that landed eight. So they had, they had one that everything has landed within one possession. But like another close game, they come out on top of this one. At the end, this is true. I actually played a same game parlay last night. We Like we've got off the air and I was like, I think the Niners are going to win. I like some other stuff. You gave out some props. And I put like nine things in this, like alts and stuff. And I hit, I even I had Ray Ray McLeod receiving yards over. It hit on the last drive. The one thing I didn't win. So I went eight for nine, didn't win the parlay. The one thing that lost... Niners money line, <laughs> so oh, was the man. One thing lost, which was like minus 300. And it was like everything else. It's like Ayuk alt over, McCaffrey rushing alt over, Ray Ray McLeod, Madison under, like all the, the alt under in the game. It's like, and the, and the Niners to win. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> like, just, oh, come on. The question needs to be asked. Is Brock Purdy now bad? It doesn't. It, it actually the MVP? doesn't need to be asked. It doesn't, I don't think so. I, I don't think so, Ken. P squared, B squared coming up next. Purdy down the middle, and intercepted by Bynum. 
threw it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by five, needing to get into the end zone. Purdy steps through, floats in his pick, and that's it. Bynum gets another. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. So that's it, right? Like, Brock Purdy's bad now? That's kind of how, like, the discourse is supposed to go? Like, is Brock Purdy the answer? Purdy bad? Question mark? Should that be the lower? Yeah. Uh, Unpurdy? Like the TLC song? So unpurdy. Uh, Tyler Rice in our chat, should they, should they start Sam Darnold? Like, the answers to all of these questions are obviously no. Like, Purdy's right. fine. Well, have you seen his, oh, yeah. his home road splits are pretty are pretty crazy, though. Did you see that? Uh, entering, I saw that before the game last night. A couple people tweeted it. Like, not just touchdown-interception ratio, but, you know, like some of the EPA metrics and stuff. Like, ac- like, actually not as good on the road by, like, a good margin. And some of that could be opponent-driven. Like, he hasn't played that many games. But it is, like, kind of just worth noting. That if we find ourselves in like a playoff situation like this, you know, let's go back to Philadelphia and the NFC Championship game. Um, just worth noting, like the there's a pretty harsh home road split with him, and it also like he started electric last night too. That's the other thing. But in the second half of the game, obviously did not play very well. Turned the ball over. Yeah, and like and the, the McCaffrey fumble. And look, great, great job by Minnesota. Like Minnesota deserved to win. It does feel like the McCaffrey fumble on San Francisco's first drive, following their turn turning over Minnesota, like a huge play in the game. Like they were going to go well, the Addison seven touchdown, like rips the ball the away from the first Charbonne's half. Where, yep. I mean, it just it's you know like these are these are the these are the plays that swing NFL games. They happen and they happen in every game, and they happened in Minnesota's favor in that game. The change change the way you feel about the Niners at all? No, because I think for me it was like maybe they're a super team, but they're probably just really good. And they're probably just like a contending team. I mean, we see this all the time in like the middle of a season, like that the Niners, like whether they, whether Purdy leads them down the field and they win or whether they lose, like, I don't think that should impact. Like we're talking about like one throw, basically like the pass where he turns it over with whatever 30 seconds left, you know, he has a guy open on that play. Like if he hits him for a touchdown, the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. But if he misses them and throws a pick, then they're going to lose in the first round. Like, does that, I just never strikes me as like a good way to do team analysis. They're just a really good team. If they play Philly, it, honestly, who I pick might just depend on where the game is played. Like, that might end up picking, deciding who I pick to win that game. Would I take them against any other NFC team right now? And I might even take them against Philly. Like, Dallas, absolutely. Detroit would be really interesting if Detroit was healthy, like had everybody playing, and we don't know what that's going to look like. And the I'd game still take the Detroit. Niners in that game, though. Yeah. Right. I'd still take the Niners for now in that game, though. South, a laughable question. And then, like, the, like Seattle? No. Like, I'm going to take the Niners in that game, too. So, yeah, like, it's, it's a tough loss. What it really means is, and we'll do some of this on Thursday, as these, like, potential big win loss record teams take losses like in this middle part of the season dolphins lose on sunday lions lose on sunday niners lose last night we're really like removing some of the potential for like these super teams that are going to have guys who win a lot of awards and coaches that are going to win coach of the year like the records just aren't going to be there for those guys to if you take your second loss and we haven't even hit the halfway point of the season like guess what you're 12 and 5 a lot of the time guess what 12 and 5 teams win nothing 
at the end of the year. Like that's Detroit, that's Miami, that might be San Francisco. Like maybe they only take three or they got a brutal part of their schedule coming up. Like they might have three or four or five losses. And then guess what? Like Shanahan doesn't win again. That's what happens. And Brock Purdy doesn't win MVP. And Mike McDaniel doesn't win coach of the year. And Tua doesn't win MVP. Tyreek maybe wins offensive player of the year still because like he'll get 2,000 yards. You know, Dan Campbell doesn't win coach. Like there's lots of things that don't happen. Once those teams start taking, look what happened. They all take one loss and look at how everything just hard flips once it's like, oh, second loss. And it's like not even halfway through the season. So the Niners are in that boat too. Like Shanahan's way less likely to win. They had to be, a, they had to have a super team record for them to win a lot of stuff. Now it's like maybe McCaffrey offensive player of the year, maybe. And that's a long shot because Tyreek is far ahead. And I, I love just like coming into the game, like McCaffrey going to play, but we don't know if he's 100% healthy. Here he is playing literally like every single snap of the game. Like no other yes, running back plays every for the snap. Niners. It's just and it was tight. great. Yeah, receiving was, touchdown, which is just phenomenal. Like the, the, that, that play is so, like the Vikings won. So you, it's not like you want to, you have to bash them or you have to say that it's, they played poorly or anything. Like, that's like a Tech Mobile play. When like, when you, when yes. you pick the wrong play in Tech Mobile and everyone rushes yes. and then like here's 15 guys <laughs> wide open that just run into the Everyone rushes and the Niners are just like, throw to the right. <laughs> like, and then McCaffrey's just like, and McCaffrey, it almost, his, his like gate on his rush, on his receiving touchdown there. It's like almost like a Madden play where there's somebody not out there. And then he's just doing his like sprint into the end zone solo with nobody chasing. It was just and, a, like, Joe I Buck, can't believe this happened in a game. Like I can't Buck believe said at the happens. 30, he's like, and McCaffrey's gone. He's at like a 35 yeah. yard line. He's just like, yeah, yeah. it's over touchdown. It's like, he's just going to score. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, I thought you made a great point when you said like, no, we don't like to, like, don't do team analysis based on, well, Purdy threw the interception at the end of the game, so, like, now, like, San Francisco is bad. Also, just, like, you know, Mad-Eye Moody, who, like, eh, good on him. He had, like, a 55-yarder last night, so, like, maybe answering some questions there, or at least quelling concerns about his job. Like, Mad-Eye Moody makes that kick at the end. Like, Purdy got them into field goal range to win that game on the road in Cleveland. Like, yeah. Moody missed a 41-yarder With at the end hurt. of the game. So, like... Yeah. So Moody makes that kick, and San Francisco wins. And let's say Purdy throws a touchdown last night. They had multiple opportunities to win the game. They're undefeated. Everyone's like, they're the super team, best team ever. And uh, they lose both the games, and everyone's like, wants to be out on San Francisco. I think you're 100% right. Like, the Niners are still awesome. I think it's like, it's very much going to be between. I don't want to discount Detroit off of the one loss. I still think those are the three best teams, and then we'll see how it shakes out. Do you want to do the bucket again? You want to do like, who do you want to have with you? It's almost like in the boat, like in a rowboat. Like, who do you need to have with you to cover? Like all, like most of the Super Bowl permutations, where you sure. you not you have a hundred percent, not you have a hundred percent, because it's like there's some chance of everything, but where you're like, I feel really confident. Like I need this many teams to feel really confident. I have the Super Bowl winner. So the and last the time we did this, to have how many? Like how many teams do you get to choose? Well, the point is you can have as many as you want. Like, how many do you think you need to feel confident? That's the whole idea. How wide open do you think it is? How many do you think you need? So we did this last week, and. I think you had like six, maybe. And I had the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Bengals were the only three. And I was like, I got it. Like Chiefs, Niners, Bengals, I got it. And I I was even like, I'll put the Bengals in just because like, I want, I think I said, I want Joe Burrow in the bucket. I think it's what I said. And I still like him to have him in the bucket. And the, the crazy thing is the Bengals and the Niners will play this week, which is a really interesting game. And we'll do that later in the show. Uh, how many teams would I need here? Let's see. It. God, is Buffalo, if you just take Kansas Buffalo, City, do you feel confident? I, I just don't see who's beating them ever. I guess like Cincinnati right. is the team that can beat them, right? Right. It's like they've done it before. Um, right. Is Buffalo San out? going to lead on them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It, are the Bills out? Well, I never had them in. So, yes. 
Uh, is Miami out? I think Miami might. Because Miami's going to get Ramsey back. I think that's going to matter. I don't know if it matters like they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, are the I Ravens they're, in now they're after the they team, thump Detroit? They're the team that I'm like, there's two teams that aren't in my bucket right now where I feel like week 15, I might be like, okay. Like, all right. Like, I, I might have to have you in the bucket. There, Miami is one because we just don't know what this is going to look like. Like, Fangio gets his biggest chess piece back later. And what whatever Miami's doing right now doesn't really matter for whether they're going to win the Super Bowl other than, like, you have to win enough games to make the playoffs and ideally host some games in the postseason. But, like, this is – they're just missing a lot. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really – like, yes, you can use this to evaluate them as a Super Bowl contender, but also, no, you can't, because, like, Ramsey might end up being a really significant part of this. It's like they didn't have Xavier Howard either against the— Like, how is that game going to tell you what a Dolphins playoff game is going to be like? Again, Armstead's not in the game. The two corners aren't in the game. Waddle's back hurts. Like, what? what is this— A-chan's not there. Like, what? what is this going to be at the end of the year? Like, none of that, none of what happened in the game against the Eagles. And I'm the guy who bet Philly in that game, but that was situational. It's because Miami at that exact moment was very beatable. But in Week 15. I got. I just. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't need him in the bucket right now, but like maybe we add him. And who? Who is the second team that you said you wanted to add? Baltimore. Yeah, I get it. I don't want him right now, but like if they do that four straight weeks, well, I was going to say now, now I don't might, have a choice. Now might yeah. be the time after after what they did last week. If you feel like you want to get ahead of it a little bit, but that's not the purpose of the bucket exercise, right? But I mean, right. just like the potential that they could potentially be in there for sure. They could. Yeah, the seat, seating in the AFC is going to be. It's going to be pretty crazy. Like the the AFC East winner is probably like the three now, whoever it is. And now that means so, okay, like you're thinking ahead, like what does that mean? It means divisional weekend, that team's going somewhere. Not even championship weekend. Like divisional weekend, and, that team's going somewhere. And then and they're probably going Kansas, to Kansas City. And pro- well, or yeah. they go to Kansas City because if the two seed wins, then the two seed will host a game right. in the next weekend and the three seed would have to go to Kansas City. Or if we're assuming right. Kansas like, City is going to be the one. Right. Like can't like Kansas City, if they're if they're gonna host everything and we feel like confident in saying that, it's not just that. Like now, like is is Buffalo Miami definitely the two? No, now like Baltimore might be the two. Yeah. Now you know, like we just we don't know how this is gonna shake out. So it's just <laughs> or Cleveland. Uh it just it's it's gonna be or it's Cincinnati. gonna get a little interesting. But so but this doesn't uh this doesn't answer how many teams you want in the bucket though. Okay. Uh, so in the bucket, I want Miami. I want Cincinnati, I want Kansas City, I want the Niners, and I want the Eagles. So you want five-team bucket. So no Detroit, no No Buffalo. No Buffalo. No No Baltimore. Baltimore is the other team that you you don't have. And no Dallas. People are going to be like, well, what about Dallas? Because they're going to win a bunch of games. Great. I'd rather have the Giants than Dallas. I'd rather have a lot of teams than Dallas if we're trying to just pick the winner. Not I like would rather have every run. single yeah. team that you referenced just now, teams that I didn't have in. I would rather have every single team than Dallas. Yeah, that, <laughs> I think I'm with you. I think I think my bucket's going to stay three this week, but like Ramsey, Miami, and Baltimore are a little interesting. But I don't. I think I'd still feel confident not having them right now, based on what we've seen so far. Let's play blank very quickly, and then we'll start P squared, B squared, blank or Cowboys. So th- this team or the Cowboys to win the to, Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. Okay. Jets or Cowboys. Jets, definitely. <laughs> That's why I led with it. That's why I led with the Jets. Uh, okay. Browns or Cowboys. 
uh, Browns, their defense is better than everything the Cowboys have. Steelers or Cowboys? Probably Dallas at that point. Jaguars or Cowboys? Uh, I'll take Dallas over them, too. Seahawks or Cowboys? That one's really interesting. I think it's Dallas. That's really close. I think it's, I think it's Dallas, but like that's a that's a I actually like that one. I think the other ones people would be like, oh, how can you pick Cleveland over it? It'd be like, have you seen Dallas too? Like, who has who has a better defense? Like, I don't trust either quarterback. The end. <laughs> like that that's it. So like Cleveland's defense is a little better. I'll take Cleveland. Um Yeah, Seattle's a really like I wonder if in like a month we're gonna be able to say Seattle and it won't be crazy. Mm, well, maybe you know, the offensive line gets a little healthier. They just right. again I said this last. I said this uh, yesterday. I said it last week. This is a really dumb football team, and I have the chance to turn it around. They're good. They're just like they're stupid. They do stupid things to lose games and not cover spreads. Uh, what does also, Dallas do? Uh, Smart things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree for sure. But uh, I, I think I trust Dallas a little more than I do Seattle. Willing to change my mind on that, I would, I would slightly go with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. We'll now begin P squared B squared for the final six games for Week Eight in the National Football League. Jake, fade the music up, and the time we have remaining in this segment, um, let's talk about the Vikings and the Packers next week at Lambeau. So Green Bay coming off its bye, loses on the road in Denver. Christian Watson gets hurt on one of their final offensive plays. Now, Watson did tell Rob Domofsky of ESPN that he thinks he's going to play on Sunday and avoided serious injury. We'll see on that. Like, Watson has missed a lot of time since he entered the league last year. I'm not trying to say he's injury prone, but, like, the facts are the facts. So maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. We'll see. Um, the Packers were favorites yesterday. This was, like, close to three, right? Like, at first, like Packers like two and a half. Packers one and a half. Packers one and a half, um, two. Yeah. So then Minnesota beats the 49ers. And to be fair, like I said in the open, they were really, really, really impressive. Not taking anything away from them. Cousins was great. O'Connell did a great job. Flores did a great job. The defense stepped up. The offensive line was great. And we've seen we've seen this flip totally here, where Minnesota's now a favorite in the game. Now, it, we're basically operating as like pick the winner, but Minnesota, for all like just for for what it's worth, is a one point favor right now at BetMGM. Basically, still pick the winner of the game, but Minnesota is now favored following the win over the Niners. The total is forty three. Uh, so I think both of us had a pretty strong opinion on this game yesterday. I'm curious if the results of last night's game changed your mind at all. Um, P squared, B squared, Vikings and the Packers Sunday at Lambeau. With the Vikings off that game, and they beat the Bears the week before, too. So they have like a lot of this momentum. We all watch the game. Um, it almost, and the mar and it's not just how you play, how you play, and like, does the market respond to how you play? Are things in motion because of what you just did? And the answer to that question is yes. Uh, then I, it's not the Vikings in the game. So it's the Packers or it's nothing, and it can be nothing. The Packers are really bad. Like, they're awful. <laughs> so, like, the, it can be nothing. Um, I think it's going to be something with Green Bay and probably just need to see how the market moves. If it moves out enough on Minnesota, one and a half to two and a half, uh, it's going to be tease Green Bay for sure. Create that one possession buffer. And especially with the Packers as the home team against a team that always plays one possession games would love that bet. Is it anything more than that? I'm, I'm just not sure. But like, I don't, there's, I, it's so unlikely the Vikings are valuable off the two games we just saw that it's like, well, did you see those two games? There's still more room to buy. How can there be more room to buy? They just beat San Francisco. Like, I just, it feels like we're, like, we're, we're good on them for a little bit. And now it's Green Bay or it's nothing. And then we reevaluate the Vikings the week after. Uh, we'll talk more about this on the other side. I'll give you my take on Green Bay and Minnesota coming up on Sunday at Lambeau. And then we'll go from the NFC North. 
to the AFC West for the Chiefs and the Broncos and Mile High. And I think I got a pretty hot take coming your way on that game. That's coming up. Hour number one on the other side. Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Blitz off the edge. Cousins throws and it's taken away by Addison for the touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Oh, man, you lost money on the 49ers last night. <laughs> that play is one of the main reasons why. At the end of the first half, you're like, oh, we're going to, oh, it's only going to be a three-point game, down 10-7. Nope, 17-7. There you go. And Minnesota much more likely to win the game as a result. Honestly, like, great play by Addison. He looked like a legitimate number one receiver. Like, I... When Jefferson comes back, are the Vikings going to be a force to be reckoned with? We'll talk about that as we move like a little more down the line, obviously, this NFL season. We'll get back to the Vikings and the Packers, P-squared, B-squared in a second. But 20 minutes from now, we'll begin our two hours simulcast on Stadium. And we'll begin the the first hour on Stadium with our friend Pre Prisco from CBS Sports. Ryan McDonald will join us in hour number three. Our NBA predictions for the season in hour number three. And then all our bets for tonight. 16 games in the NHL, two games as the NBA season tips off, and we'll tell you the games we've already bet in the National Football League, all coming up in the final hour, power hour of the show. But for now, we continue our handicap of Week 8 in the NFL with the Vikings and the Packers. And I guess I get it, like why we've seen the line flip here. Minnesota won two games in a row, really impressive in primetime beating the Niners, and the Packers lost on the road at Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And I've been a pretty big critic recently of Jordan Love, he did play pretty well in the second half of the game on Sunday. Like, I, I, I'm worried about Jordan Love, but I'm not ready to say, like, Jordan Love definitely stinks yet. I, I think we're a ways off from saying that. And and I think he can have success at home against this Vikings secondary. Um, and I, I still want to have some faith in my guy, Matt LaFleur, although maybe it's possible O'Connell's just a much better coach than he is. Um, I'm with you here, Kem. Packers or nothing, but I think the way that I'd like to play Green Bay would be like you, like you had said, right? To tease them up. If we get into teaser range here, I know there are some sports books that have a Minnesota one and a half. You could tease Green Bay up over seven to plus seven and a half. I think that's how I would choose to play this game with the Vikings having their gravitational pull that forces teams to play one score games against them, whether they win or lose. So I think Packers teasers make a lot of sense this week. And I guess I, I guess I would bet the Packers to win the game if I had to pick the winner. Yeah, I think I would pick the Packers to win the game. It's close. I mean, I just I think about it. I try to think about it like rationally, right? Like if I if I wanted to buy Green Bay this week, what are the things that I would want to be true going into the game? Uh, I would want to be sure I was getting them when the market didn't think they were particularly good. We definitely have that based on how they played last week. I'd want to be betting them when I thought their opponent was rated as well as they could possibly be rated. After last night's game, we probably also have that. And I would want the market to be moving to reflect those two things. And we definitely have that where they were a dog and now they're a favorite. So like you've kind of got all the ingredients here to have essentially what's a, a buy low situation with Green Bay. Uh, you could also kind of be encouraged, I think, by the fact that you would assume we get a little more Aaron Jones in this game than we got last week, like was on a pitch count and they're like gradually ramping him up like AJ Dillon's brutal. Like he had one explosive play, I think, in the Denver game. He has, but it's he's a been lot a of three little yards. better recently, yeah. but to your point, he's right. not good, but he has been a little better it's in just, the last couple of weeks. 
it's just a really low ceiling and like Aaron Jones is like the chance to like, honestly, like I, the answer to this is supposed to be Christian Watson. It just hasn't this year. Like who on the Packers can create an explosive play on offense. This is the problem the Patriots have too, is like anyone you name, the answer is no. Like it's supposed to be Ramondre Stevenson. The answer has been no the entire season. And for the Packers, the answer is supposed to be Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. Watson hasn't given you anything and Aaron Jones has been hurt. So like all of your chances for explosive plays, which like are very big win probability plays, like, most teams that are good aren't good because they convert every third and three and they methodically go down the field and they just do it like the Eagles do that because they're the best at it. But if you're not the best at it, that's really tough to do. And uh, and so just you got to have some way to generate like 30, 40, 50 plus yard plays, even a couple of game. Aaron Jones gives the Packers that a little bit. And if Christian Watson plays, he gives you another dimension of that in a home game. So I, I do think like you just look at how the market is shaped and what our last couple data points are for each team. Packers are nothing. It could be nothing. Like maybe we haven't hit the bottom on Green Bay yet. They're actually worse than we think, but we're starting to get into the range where the market's like responding to both teams and maybe it's a buy on Green Bay. All right, so that's the Vikings and the Packers Sunday in Lambeau. Obviously more on this game and every game in the slate coming up as we move along this week. Let's go from the NFC North to the AFC West now. And let's talk about Kansas City and Denver. These two teams played a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football in Kansas City in a wind-impacted game where the Chiefs basically just, like, suffocated the game. Boa constricted it, 119-8, covered the spread. The game went way under the total. So now we shift to Denver for this one, and the Broncos coming off the win against Green Bay. Uh, Kansas City hasn't lost since the season opener. Uh, without Travis Kelsey, so they, they've 6-0 and basically with Kelsey playing in games this year. Kansas City is a 7.5-point favorite, Ken, on the road at the Broncos. Total is 45.5. I've seen some 8s on the board also, but basically operating right in this favored by more than 7 but less than 10 range. Uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Chiefs and Broncos with KC favored by a little more than a touchdown on the road. Yeah, I mean, another interesting game for a couple reasons. Uh, you have a really recent meeting between the teams. Now, that was Thursday night. And you could argue the teams are different, or are they since then? Uh, the two things that you would say might be different was that the start of Denver finally turning around their defense a little bit, getting some players back from injury. You referenced a couple of them. I know Baron Browning played against the Packers on Sunday, like started to get some guys back, and they were the worst defense of all time. Pretty good against the Chiefs good against the Packers. Now that's the Packers, but like, okay, you have a couple games of not the worst of all time. I mean, this is a team that couldn't stop the Bears, you know, earlier in the season. They would allow a billion points to Sam Howell. You know, like that's, we're, not, we're done with that at least for a little bit. So, okay, have they like turned a corner on defense? And then the really interesting question I think is, was this Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, complete offensive explosion to start that game against the Chargers? Was that just like a one week, one half just caught fire and Kelsey was insane and Taylor Swift was there and whatever, or are they going to go back to kind of being like the chiefs who need to be totaled? Like they're in the high forties or the low fifties in a bunch of these games, like which one is it? And I, I don't know the answer. Um, but I, I just, I was a little surprised that when the total opened 46, it didn't get bet down like right away. <laughs> I was like, cause when I first saw the total, I was like, I think under, and not just cause the first game went under, it's like less about that, just about like what the teams are right now. And I, I don't know what to do with that Chiefs like first half against the Chargers. Might've just been, here's a team we played a bunch and we generated some explosive plays and Kelsey was awesome. And like, that's all it was. Um, cause if they're gonna do that with their defense, then they're just not going to lose again. They're just literally not going to lose a game. And uh, and then they're going to start scoring a lot more, obviously, too. So uh, not quite sure what to do here. I didn't bet anything. I don't know if I'm going to bet anything. But uh, definitely, like, a potential turn-the-corner spot for, for one unit on both of those teams. 
You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Terrific football Tuesday. Handicapping week eight in the National Football League. Um, I think I have... I think I have like an opinion as to the answer to your question about Kansas City in the first half last week against the Chargers, and this will kind of dovetail in with like the thoughts on the Chargers-Bears game coming up on, on Sunday Night Football this week in Los Angeles. Um, all the Chargers players, and you don't have to be a player, like any like Brian Baldinger, I'm sure, when he joins us tomorrow on, a, on Wednesday, a wonderful football Wednesday will say this. Pete Prisco would say this, I'm sure. Pete watches the film when he joins us coming up in a little bit. The Chargers defensive game plan in the first half of that game against Kansas City was outrageous. They ran zone defense the, the the entire half and Kelsey was just finding an open spot in the zone and he was wide open on every play and all the broadcast kept saying is, is how is Travis Kelsey so open like they're literally not guarding him it's because you're playing a zone defense and Kelsey knows how to pick the zone apart and then the Chargers kind of changed things around in the second half after they'd already given up a billion points and a billion yards obviously to Mahomes and Kelsey so look it's not that Vance Joseph is like the second coming of Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator I don't think anyone thinks that but I, I can't imagine that the defensive game plan for Denver is going to be as bad as it was as the Chargers was this past Sunday. I don't know if you saw this, by the way, but Austin Eckler was asked in the Chargers locker room, like, you guys still have faith in Brandon Staley and, like, what Brandon's doing? And Eckler, like, interrupted the end of the question and goes, well, we've got no choice. Not great, but we'll talk oh. about the Chargers and Bears coming up in a little Hashtag bit. Hashtag bad brew. Not not hashtag, hashtag secret Bajant man. We'll talk about the Chargers oh. and the Bears. Um, so, for this game. The hot take that I teased, and I don't know if I actually believe this, and if like, I'm going to bet it. <laughs> I always a good way. To I start. feel, but I said this last year in the second meeting between these two teams, and like the Chiefs had to win the game at the very end. I think the Broncos are going to. How about this? In 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 lieu of saying, I think the Broncos are going to win the game. I think the game is going to be close at the end, and like the Chiefs will probably win at the end because it's what they always do. Like Mahomes will win the game because he's awesome, and Russell Wilson's not. So that's how I think it's going to it's gonna play out. But I think betting the game, I think I'm going to end up betting the Broncos and taking the points and taking a number above a touchdown. I think that's how I'm going to play this game. And, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos won. I also don't know if I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and take Broncos' money line because it's just betting against Mahomes does not, does not exactly, like, fill me with a ton of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I just think, so we just talked about Packers-Vikings, right? Like, we had one team going in a certain direction, the other team going the opposite, and the market responding to that. None of that's really happening here. Like the Mahomes and the Chiefs are such a known quantity that in a lot of the games that they play, you're just always going to get about the same number that you would have gotten two weeks ago or two weeks from now or whatever. And when they play teams that they're much better than, it's always this more than a touchdown kind of point yep. spread, like seven and a half. And you could be like, okay, you know, if Denver, um, you know, if Denver looked worse, then maybe it's nine and a half. Or something like that but it's like always in this range like it's just it's you know that's why the vikings game was such a funny market and why we talked about it so much because it's rare to get a situation like that where the chiefs play at minnesota everybody bets minnesota it gets to three and a half they still bet minnesota it goes to three like you don't see that kind of action very often on a mahomes game usually you just see a market like this so if these are the markets that we get with them all the time it's just tough for me to be like oh it's like there's so so much interesting stuff in this number like it's kind of like i'm i made the game eight like, I, I think it's just like, this is what it's supposed to be. It is just really interesting. Like you, you mentioned the seven spot in the NFC earlier in the show and how a potentially bad team is going to end up getting that spot. I don't think the Broncos are like going to make the playoffs or something. I think they're, they have five losses. They lose this. That's number six. Like, it's just, it's, you're really Might up against it. They probably guys. can't do that. With the deadline right. coming up also, the, still already kind of like jettison, like Frank Clark and everything. So like, it's not, that's not the goal, but like a team that could from now until the end of the season play well 
like they are a candidate for that. It's still like like Sean Payton's a big like this is still like a first year head coach trying to implement something and like turn something around. And usually if they're good at it, that manifests itself at the end of the season or as the season goes along. Like this is like a two year project, a three year project. Okay, then that means like they should kind of start playing better at some point or he's bad and it's a bad fit. But if he's good, then like you're going to see it. Now, maybe you don't see it this week, but like you're going to start seeing it. And you kind of saw it against the Packers a little bit. They didn't play great in the game, but you see it like defensively. You've seen it for a couple weeks. So I'm with you. Like it, it maybe it's just kind of a play on Denver at a big number with kind of just how Denver might play the rest of the season. I think that's reasonable. I'm, I'm not making the bet, but I kind of get it. Yeah. And just to be clear, like I don't, anyone that wants to be like, oh, well, I make the game less than a touchdown. Like, OK, like go, go, go back to the drawing board. Like, the number's right. fine, obviously, right? Like, uh, anyone, everyone's going to have Kansas City in this range that's doing it correctly, I think. Right. It's an opinion spot. My opinion is I think Denver's going to keep the game close and probably lose at the very end and because that's what always happens against Mahomes. So I'll bet the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos at a number above a touchdown. Hour one done, hour two for you. Coming up on the other side, we will start it. Talking NFL Week 8 with our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports.